what programs made the best head coaching changes and extensions, and how about paying those position coaches who are so vital to the team's success? Well, we tackle that and more with my next guest right here. It's time for the College Football Legends Podcast. The players. We're going to hit somebody and we're taking down the field. Protect them. I guarantee you that. The coaches. No man is more important than the team. No coach is more important than the team. The plays. There goes Davis. Oh, my God. Davis is going to run it all the way back. And so much more. College football legends. Heroes come and go, but legends live forever. Believe in college football legends on the Believe Podcast Network. I'm Chris Smith. The NBA is in full swing and college basketball heats up as the teams make their way to the madness. So head to Bet Online, the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. The tournament is coming, and so is the $100,000 Bracket Madness Contest, as Bet Online is the destination for all your bracketology needs. Look, Bet Online has you covered for all the news, scores, and odds. So it's the best way to place your bets, and it's free to sign up. Head to the website, betonline.ag, or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. That's BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. There have been more than 20 head coaching changes in the FBS every season since 2015. This year, more than a dozen head coaches have changed hats or signed extensions, with many coming at the Power 5 level. Even the position coaches jumped ship or got a hefty raise, so we take a ride on the coaching carousel with my special guest on the show, Zach Barnett, national college football writer for Football Scoop. Check out his great articles at footballscoop.com and on Twitter at Zach underscore Barnett. Thanks for joining me, Zach. Hey, thank you for having me. All right, let's take a look at the college coaches who roam the sidelines first, the new head coaches. And we can begin with your alma mater, Texas. Tom Herman is out, and Alabama's offensive coordinator, Steve Sarkeesian, is in. Is this an upgrade? I think it is. Uh, initially, I was pretty skeptical. My, my, my initial gut reaction was, well, who cares about good calling plays for that offense? <laughs> but uh, the more it's played out, the more I drive into it, the more I've listened to, to Sark. I think... I think Texas uh, made a, a smart risk here, uh, a risk given that, that Sark's you know, history as a head coach uh, probably wouldn't have gotten him this job just based on that alone. Obviously, he needed the time with Nick Saban to, to grow a season, but I, I've been really impressed with the staff. Uh, Top-level recruits have, have clearly bought in, um, but I think, so, having, I, I think having a, a head coach that's elite at what he does and, and play calling um, I mean, you look at it just from a practical sketch, uh, a practical perspective. Uh, the biggest game of the year for Texas is obviously Oklahoma. And as long as Lincoln Riley's there, uh, you, realistically, you're never going to have an advantage in an offensive play calling. But, you know, with Tom Herman, you went into that game knowing you were at a disadvantage. And, you know, obviously, same for you know, just about anybody. But I think Sark is, is right up there at that level, and then can play Oklahoma to a draw, and then at that point, you hope that it becomes about talent, and it, it, Texas takes a back seat to no one in terms of talent, or at least they should, in any given year in the Big 12. So, it helps you solve the Oklahoma problem. I think the, the staff is better, and I think Texas just needed a culture change. So, um, I, I have to applaud the search committee. They they identified who they wanted, and, um, and, and, and went after the, the traits, the guy that 
that they thought could do the best job, and, and they're willing to live with the consequences. I mean, it's been a long, long time since Texas didn't hire a sitting head coach to be their head coach. Obviously, he has experience in the past, but yeah, with USC the, and Washington, yeah, to, to to do the un-Texas move and take a risk in this uh, in this hire, I think I, I, I applaud them for it. Yeah, well, he's got a tremendous offensive mind for football, develops quarterbacks, and has two seasons learning under the best coach of all time. And Rocky Top, Tennessee gets Josh Heupel from UCF. Is he up for the leap to the SEC? You know, this one I'm not so sure about. Uh, it's a hire that, um, you know, if you're being honest in the SEC, if you're an SEC rival and you're here, that Tennessee's hiring Josh Heupel, and then it's not someone that it's going to keep you up at night. Uh, they, I mean, they, they got a little bit worse every year that he was there from taking over from Scott Foss. Obviously, this year uh, was an asterisk given UCF had more opt-outs than, than most teams did. But, I mean, Tennessee's it's a tough job, and they're in a tremendous hole right now. And I, I, I don't know if Josh Heupel and the staff are going to be the guys that can that can dig them out of it. I will say he, he I, I fully expect him to have a, a, a an offense that can threaten just about anybody in the SEC. He, he has proven he can coach quarterbacks and he can scheme up a really good offense. But I, I don't know if this, if they can bring in the players needed to to just be good consistently. I think. That's going to be uh, bar number one, and then we'll worry about championships later. Yeah, new AD Danny White is looking for that long-term offensive force, like you said. And, and we're speaking with Zach Barnett, National College football writer for Football Scoop. Check out his articles at footballscoop.com and on Twitter at Zach underscore Barnett. And speaking of UCF, Gus Mazan is now the head man for the Knights. Is the G5 a good fit for him? I think I think this has a, a, a really good... Uh, I, I like this move a lot for Gus. I mean, the, the Auburn job is, is arguably the biggest pressure cooker in all of college football, and that's even before you, even before Nick Saban got there. And so, I think he, I think he'll be refreshed with a chance to. Uh, I know UCF likes to talk about how it's there. It's just as much of a pressure pressure cooker as the SEC, but it's not. Uh, and and. A, given the, the type of athlete that he'll have access to, um, I, I think UCF, UCF can be really good really quickly once again under Gus. Yeah, with the speed of the athletes in Central and South Florida, you're right, he could hit the ground running. And after putting Gus on the bus, Auburn taps Brian Harson to be their head honcho. Can his success at Boise State translate to the SEC? Similar to Texas, I, I, I applaud Auburn for not just doing the Auburn thing and, and going out and getting, you know, an SEC guy or a guy that, that you know, that, that was close by and, and um, taking a risk here. He obviously doesn't have any SEC experience, but at the same time, this, this conference can be a lot of it can be really incestuous in, in the way it hires and the way it thinks. So to to get a, a fresh perspective. Um, I mean, Urban Meyer never worked in the SEC until he did. Nick Saban had never worked in the SEC until he did. So I'm not, I'm not saying that Brian Harson is going to be those guys, but a guy that has, has proven he can he can sustain a, a winning culture uh, by what he did at Boise, a guy that was hungry for a fresh challenge. He was clearly hungry to prove himself at the at the top level. His published email showed that he, he 
pretty clearly world board of the Mountain West Conference. So I think he'll be energized by the challenge of it, and that's job one. So I, I like I like the risk that Auburn took here. Yeah, well, he went 69-19 and 19 in seven seasons at Boise State. And are there any other head coaching hires that surprised you? Um, surprised me. I think uh, the, the one that, that, that's top of mind, obviously they haven't made a hire yet, but the one I'm really looking forward to seeing is Kansas because I think, I think they have a real opportunity to upgrade here. Uh, I, I think Lux Miles was, was, even though it only been two seasons, I, they, I think that was a failed hire. They, they never should have hired him in the first place. So I think that they have an opportunity to go get someone that's hungry for this challenge, um, that that has that's looking for an opportunity to put really put their fingerprints on a program and take over for the long haul. So I think I think they've got a, a real opportunity to get better here. Yeah, well, we'll be keeping an eye out for that Kansas hire. And we're speaking with Zach Barnett, National College football writer for Football Scoop. Check out his articles at footballscoop.com. And some of the coaches got extensions or were retained, like Crystal Ball at Oregon, Justin Fuente at Virginia Tech, and Sutterfeld at Louisville. Were there any that you thought would be let go? Um, maybe not let go, but uh, I, I think it was touch and go with, with Scott Satterfield at Louisville. Obviously, he uh, interviewed for the South Carolina job, and uh, Louisville was pretty uh, none too happy by that move. I think he was um, trying to play chicken a little bit with his AD over his contract, and it blew up at his face. So uh, if if Louisville doesn't improve for this season, I think that's one to watch. And then uh, Justin Fuente at Virginia Tech is one that uh, there was a lot of talk about. If, if 2020-21, if 2021 is not good for Justin Fuente. I think you'll see some movement there. Uh, so he get he starts out the season on the hot seat. And has Indiana's Tom Allen made the Hoosiers a football school now? Well, I think Indiana basketball owes uh, uh, just as much credit for that, given that they haven't given the Hoosiers much to cheer for. But I mean, the job that he's done is remarkable. Um, they were arguably the the second best team in the conference this season. Uh, going to Ohio State and playing uh, the Buckeyes to within a touchdown. It's, it's a weird situation where you know you you let a guy go and then the guy on staff proves to be you know a clear upgrade. But that's what, clearly what's happening here. He he gets the school he wants to be there. Uh, they've gotten better every single year that he's been there, and there's really no reason to believe that won't continue. Yeah, Allen stands at 24 and 21 in four full seasons. After taking over for Kevin Wilson in 2016, that includes a 14 and seven mark over the past two seasons, and is really great is the 11 and five in the Big Ten. And what are your impressions of Deion Sanders? I saw a great article you wrote as the head man for Jackson State. I mean, it's certainly been entertaining. Uh, There's never really any doubt about that. But they, I mean, they went on the road and beat Grambling, which Grambling hadn't lost a home game since 2015. So that's impressive. He, he's recruited. Uh, at a historical pace for anyone in the FCS. Any, any, I mean, he's opened up avenues to talent that no SWAC school uh, had really had the opportunity to, to, to get since, you know, post-integration. I mean, Jackson State comparatively is out recruiting, you know, a number of FCS programs right now. So, uh, obviously, it, 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 it's always going to be something with Dion. Uh, uh, I'm not proclaiming him a success by any stretch of the imagination, but he's been better than I thought he would be so far.
Yeah. It's prime time at Jackson State. And we're speaking with Zach Barnett, National College football writer for Football Scoop. Check out his articles at footballscoop.com. And let's take a look at some of the highest paid position coaches. You have a great ongoing series on footballscoop.com, which I recommend check it out. With the emphasis on the vertical offense of college football, it's no surprise that the defensive back coaches are well paid. Texas A&M's Mike Elko tops the list with a cool $2.1 million. Who out of your list is most deserving of all that cash? Oh, uh, that's a tough question. I, I mean, I think the one guy that uh, is going to be in line for a raise is uh, Wisconsin's Jim Leonard. Uh, he, he had an opportunity to go take, this, take the same job with the Green Bay Packers and uh, turn it down. And so you, you have to think Wisconsin is going to give him a, a sweetener to, to stick to have him stick around. But this is a guy that I think is on the track to be a a you know obviously an NFL coordinator, a major college head coach, and potentially even an NFL head coach down the road. Uh, and I I think uh, his future is extremely bright. And um, I, mean, I think if you're Wisconsin, you got to realize you're on borrowed time for as long as you can keep this guy in your program. Yeah, Zach says pay the man. Yeah, I was looking at Mickey Kahn of Clemson. He only makes 515000 compared to what Dabo makes. And with the way the Big 12 throws the ball over the field, it seems like Alex Grinch at Oklahoma earns every penny, right? Yeah, I mean, I, I think he he was a finalist uh, for our uh, defensive backs award, obviously, uh, along with our quarterback, Coach Roy Manning. Uh, I mean, they, they jumped 80 spots in his time there in defensive pass efficiency. I mean, you know, in 2018, their pass defense was as bad as any I've ever seen on a on a good on a championship level team. I mean, they were just a joke on the back end defensively as recently as as three seasons ago. And, and by 2020, I mean their, their pass defense and their defense as a whole has become a strength. So, I mean, this is another guy like like Jim Leonard that's on the head coaching track. And frankly, I'll be surprised if he's still Oklahoma's defensive coordinator a year from now. Oh, that's a good call. And we always say it starts up front in the trenches with the highest paid offensive line coach being Kyle Flood of Texas at $1 million. Who are going to be the big risers out of that group? Um, you know, I, I think uh, obviously Kyle Flood, is, though the, he's also Texas offensive coordinator, so uh, a, a lot of money uh, comes from that. But uh, I think Bill Bedenboe at, at Oklahoma, you know, he's starting to make it 810000 um, he's a, a guy that his next move, I believe, is going to be as a head coach. I, I think that, I mean, Oklahoma's offense, they're really good at, at every position. And the fact that they're so good in the passing game helps their offensive line. The fact that they're so good on the offensive line helps their passing game, obviously. But, I mean, they're really good up front every single year. And he seems to replace three or four starters every year, and it never really seems to matter. So I'm really impressed with him. Um, Josh Henson at Texas A&M, um, he, a guy that's been a, around for a while, but you know, with, with the way that they really were graded people this past season and probably going to do it again this, this coming season, I think he's uh, probably the, the fastest riser of, of that group. A lot of potential head coaches in that mix. I recommend everybody check out that ongoing series at footballscoop.com. And we're speaking with Zach Barnett, national college football writer, for football scoop and with so much assistant coach turnover for Nick Saban, will it ever slow down Alabama? No, 
I mean, I, I, I wrote a In a short piece. word, no. <laughs> yeah, I think it, there was a, you know, the, the kind of the thesis of my piece was that at one point in time, I did think, oh, you know, just, just wait till Kirby Smart leaves, just just wait till Lane Kiffin leaves, wait till Scott Cochran leaves. Then you'll see uh, the the machinery start to, to come apart. And obviously that hasn't happened. Alabama just keeps getting better, and all it's all because of one guy. Uh, you know, not not to say that he could change out his entire staff year in and year out and not notice a blip, but there's no one assistant, no two assistants that uh, ultimately decide the fate. It's all about uh, the the relentless, unapologetic, uh, unflinching greatness of Nick Saban, the the greatest college football coach of all time. Oh, there you go. The stamp of approval right there. You heard it here first. And do you think uh, former Texas coach Tom Herman will thrive as an assistant for the Chicago Bears? Do you think he's better off in the NFL? Uh, you know, he's, he's never spent a day of his life at the NFL level as, as, a, as a player or a coach. So um, I, I think it's a good opportunity for him to, to learn and grow and, and kind of sit on the sidelines without, you know, if the Bears – don't succeed this season. No one's going to be calling uh, for Tom Herman Ted specifically. Uh, so, you know, some college coaches um, go to the NFL and, and come back quickly. And other guys like, you know, uh, Derek Dooley was the head coach of Tennessee at one time, but now he's um, really just an anonymous, anonymous NFL position coach. I believe he's with the Giants now and, and he's been there for a long time. So, uh, I mean, He's, there, he's definitely got the resume to go get another college head coaching job. He, his time as the head coach, I believe he's finished outside of the – he finished inside the AP Top 25 more often than he hasn't. So there's a lot of head coaches right now with worse resumes than that. But so I, I have to believe we'll see him back at the college level at some point. But, you know, he, he could find that he loves not being, not being tied to his phone recruiting 24-7, 365. Yeah, it seems like it might be a little pit stop before heading back to the college football ranks. And speaking of pit stops, the NCAA is planning a one-time transfer rule with players like tight end Eric Gilbert transferring from LSU, having a cup of coffee with the Gators, then heading back into the portal. Is the new rule fair to both the players and the programs? Uh, I think, I mean, I've been advocating for this for a long time, and I'm certainly not at the forefront of this issue. Uh, when, When coaches can leave, uh, and, and coach immediately when, when regular students can leave and you know study immediately. And in most sports, college sports, I, don't, I think people most people don't realize that in most sports there there's no year in residence rule. You can transfer and play immediately. So uh, I think it's good for the game. Um, I, I think it's I think it's fair. I think it's equitable. Um, and uh, I, 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 really, I think the the adults in the room lost the moral high ground when when coaches leave jobs and make money, you know, as, as is their right. But then players have to be unpaid, uh, students have to sit out. You know, it, it it was no longer equitable in a time when um, no longer viable in a time when public opinion is so turned against the NCAA's business model. So. I think the NCAA should have done it a long time ago, and I'm glad they finally are. Yeah, with the name, image, and likeness coming around the corner, changes are definitely coming for college football. All right, it's time to go. Y'all ready for this? Three and out. 
It's time to go three and out with sports writer Zach Barnett. Three letter questions to close out our interview. First off, who is your favorite coach all time at your alma mater, Texas? Uh, yeah, I think I think you you, you got to go. You got you got to pay homage to Daryl Royal. Um, my dad, growing up, uh, sat me down and made me watch the the big shootout from 1969. And certainly, as, as a young man, you you roll your eyes and say, "Come on, Dad!" But I'm glad he <laughs> did it. And so, uh, but but then you know, I had a chance to go to go to school with Mac Brown as a head coach, uh, worked in the football program, and for him and everything, every good thing you hear people say about him is absolutely true. He's he's the most the warmest, most welcoming, big-time college head coach that I've ever met. Yeah, he's doing well now with the Tar Heels. And number two, you worked at the University of North Texas. How is Mean Green Football? It's the best nickname ever, by the way. Uh, it's going to be an interesting year for the Mean Green. Uh, Seth Luttrell's been there for a while now uh, and is coming off of two straight-down years, um, changing out uh, his co- defensive coordinator seemingly Yearly at this point, he's hired Phil Bennett from Baylor to run his defense. Um, the the offense was was really good last year with him uh, leading leading the Chargers. His own OC, he stepped away to be kind of the the, the CEO, walk around head coach. So he he needs to have a good year. Uh, he's the highest paid coach in the conference, and uh, his team needs to perform like it. Yeah, I actually got a chance to drive from Oklahoma to Texas and. Went right by the Mean Green Stadium. Really nice stadium, too. And finally, I'm a foodie. What is the best meal or place to eat in the Fort Worth area? We heading to the stockyards? Where are we going? Uh, you definitely want to go to, to Heim Barbecue in, in Fort Worth. Uh, what ribs? Off, what are we going with it there? Uh, you can't go wrong with the brisket. That's, I mean, that, that's the, the bread and butter uh, of, of any good barbecue pit master. So if, you're, if you have time for one meal in Fort Worth, that's the one I definitely think you should make time for. Mm, I'll be dreaming of smoke rings all night. And we've been speaking with Zach Barnett, National College Football Writer for Football Scoop. Check out his great articles at footballscoop.com and give him a follow on Twitter at Zach underscore Barnett. Thanks for joining me, Zach. Hey, thanks for having me. Thanks for listening to the Believe in College Football Legends podcast. Make sure to check out all the prior episodes with Heisman winners, legendary coaches, and sports personalities reliving the greatest plays. You can tweet your questions at the Sports Jesus and join us next week because it will be legendary.